air. Baser. Bunny. G. Moana. Umi. Tubi. Agua. Low. Insu. Nihu. Roda. Miri. Echi. Chai. Shui. Maji. Wai. Nero. Aqua. Roda. What are we doing? And how can we do better? Your one-stop shop for everything water-related. From discussing water, its use, and the organisms that depend on it. For all the global issues that you really never knew all had to do with water. I'm your host, David Evans, from the Aquatic Biosphere Project. And I just want to ask you something. What are we doing and how can we do better? I'm so excited to go on this journey with you as we learn all about how locust plagues in Africa and Asia are linked to ghost fishing in our oceans with desalination and how we can get fresh water from seawater, how fish fraud is happening right here in Canada underneath our noses, and how we can look at sewage to understand where COVID-19 has gotten to. There's so many interesting questions that all have to do with this one topic, and I'm so excited to talk to experts and share what we learn with all of you listening. We are so excited to be launching our first episodes on March 22nd, World Water Day. Our first season will be 10 episodes long. Every Monday, we will have a storytelling episode about a new complex water issue. And then throughout the week, to tide you over to our next episode, we will be releasing our special deep dive episode, which are our full-length interviews with the experts. What's that? You can't wait? Here's a quick sneak peek. It was demonstrated early on in the case of COVID that we could detect the, the virus that causes COVID-19 in feces, and therefore we would expect to find it in sewage. The idea of being able to collect a single sample for an entire community that might tell you something useful compared with having to try and sample everybody clinically in that community. Uh, you know, you, you, you don't need to be a mathematician to figure out that <laughs> there's a lot fewer analyses involved. In 2017, 7% was mislabeled. The species that are mislabeled are sold in like such big quantities. So if you think about like 7% of what's sold in Canada is actually a lot of seafood. <laughs> Some species have been found to be mislabeled 100% of the time or you know over oh 50%. So it Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it is it's it's pretty shocking. The most challenging thing about food fraud is, is to understand where the problem is. Food supply chains are very complicated. A lot of people may actually decide to blame the retailer or the restaurateur, but often that person is not necessarily responsible. There was a swarm that was about 35 miles long by about um, 15 miles um, wide. So, so, I mean, that's the size of the country of Luxembourg. And that was one single swarm. So that was like covered. The whole area is like covered with, with locusts. If you just imagine um, a swarm the size of Manhattan, right? New York City. In one day, that swarm will eat the same amount of food as everybody in California and New York. When I say I work in water, often their first question is, well, what about desalination? 
clearly that's the solution. And, you know, I, I can sort of see, you know, oceans cover about 70% of the Earth's surface, but there are major drawbacks that really limit widespread use. First, it, it's expensive. Second, it's, it's energy intensive. And third, it, it can have some major impacts on the marine environment. Recent studies, one on the Great, Great Pacific Garbage Patch, showed that 46% of what was there by weight was lost fishing gear. It's pretty significant. Another study found that 70% by weight of the floating macroplastics, or the pieces that are bigger than a couple of mi millimeters, um, in various spot checks from around the world was found to be lost fishing gear. The number that most people will point to uh, when talking about this is uh, 640,000 tons uh, of gear lost every year. Now, that number seems, it, it's, it's a big number. Um, it, uh, it's a, it's the approximately the equivalent of the mass of twice the Empire State Building. There are some really amazing um, businesses that are creating, you know, skateboards, sunglasses, bathing suits, you name it, out of lost fishing gear. When I first became aware of Asian carp, there were an awful lot of news stories. The focus of it often just seemed to be comical videos of fish jumping out of the water, which makes them unique, but it also makes them this really visceral you know, indicator that something is wrong when a boat traveling down a river all of a sudden just results in thousands of pounds of fish flying through the air at 30, 40 kilometers an hour. And these are big fish. Most of them are usually between like 20 and 30 pounds. It sounds like a high school math equation problem. If you have a 30 pound fish flying at you at 40 miles per hour, it's just like how, how badly will your nose be broken? Since ancient times, humans have been at the mercy of mother nature. When crops fail, when natural disaster happens, we lose all control. In general, what aquaponics is all about, it's a combination of fish and plants. Most importantly though, it's the, the right amount of fish to the right amount of plant. Then there's a third player, the biological engine, nitrifying bacteria, that are responsible for converting the effluent from the fish into plant food. So aquaponics in general is this like trifecta of the right amount of fish to the right amount of bacteria to the right amount of plants and to make it all in one ecosystem so that everybody's happy. Our technology revolutionizes agriculture on so many levels because we have food security, we have biosecurity, it's sustainable. We think that we can change how everyone thinks how food is produced on a natural scale. The threats to our little blue penguins, with the warming waters, even just a couple of degrees difference, can actually shift food sources further out to sea. Even just a kilometre can have a huge impact on fledgling little blues, so having to travel further out and burning more energy to try and find their food than they are actually catching it. That's another thing that climate change is, is affecting. If my fridge kept moving a kilometer yeah. away every year, I would be, oh, that would be brutal. For these stories and more, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any of our stories. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes and sneak peeks of future episodes at What Are We Doing Podcast. And be sure to check out our website, aquaticbiosphere.ca, to find out how we're telling the story of water right here in Alberta, Canada. Get excited for the first episodes of Season 1 of the What Are We Doing podcast, starting on World Water Day, March 22nd, 2021.